Welcome ladies and gentlemen. My name is Leslie, I'm your sommelier. A little background about myself and that I do hold a diploma in wine and spirits through the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which is the prerequisite for a Master of Wine out of London, as well as being a certified specialist in both wine and spirits. Now, really that only means, means a couple things. First of all, I have a license to drink. <laughs> More importantly, I get paid to drink. So the easiest way to remember my title is Sommelier! <laughs> you should also know that I believe that wine is an essential part of any dining experience. I don't believe in wine snobs. If you think about it, the dirt underneath the winemaker's fingernails is not pretentious, so your wine shouldn't be either. It is an agricultural product, and it's as natural as drinking water. And just because I like one thing and you like the other, it doesn't make it right or wrong. Right. So, chocolate doesn't make the world go round, but it sure does help. This afternoon, I'm going to show you three steps on how to evaluate wine, three steps on evaluate chocolate. You're going to taste some wine and chocolate together. I'm going to watch your faces, so if you're making a squishy face, I'm going to call you out on it. So what I'd like to do first is talk a little bit about the chocolate, the star of the show, really. We use a clot or a claw. This is coming from master chocolatier Christopher Curtin out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. Chris has studied all over the world. He's in cahoots with Anthony Bourdain and Eric Repair of La Bernadette. Together they have created a chocolate bar called Good and Evil. If you're familiar with either one of those two gentlemen, you can figure out which one's good and which one's evil. <laughs> you have a blonde, a milk, and a dark. The blonde is a stripy one. It is infused with porcini mushroom and thyme. A milk and a dark at 47 and 72% cacao. Both are organic, both are gluten-free, and the dark chocolate is also vegan. What I'd like to do is taste from left to right, light to dark. So for the wine number one, I'd like you to go ahead and pick up that first flute. How come you have more than us? No fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, she's, she's leading the pack. I also have to spit mine. No fair. <laughs> we are taught to eat and drink in two steps. Is that correct? You either eat or you drink. True. How many of you will go through an entire meal and not have anything to drink? Mm. How many of you will drink an entire bottle of wine and not have anything to eat? Yeah, come on. <laughs> so this afternoon, I'm going to give you a mantra. Are you ready? Your mantra is going to be wine, chocolate, wine. Say it. Wine, chocolate, wine. Brilliant. So you're going to have a nice, healthy mouthful of this beautiful, balanced Chardonnay. Let it coat your mouth and swallow it. Then you're going to take a bite out of the blonde chocolate. You're going to chew it five or ten times. You can let it melt in your mouth, but before you swallow the chocolate, wash it down with the wine. The point of the exercise is to have the wine and the chocolate in your mouth at the same time. Joining me now is Leslie Britt, the sommelier. At, I said it right. Yeah, you did. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the sommelier at the lodge at Woodlock. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. How many times have people said that incorrectly? Uh, daily, actually. Yeah. Sommeliers, sommelier. <laughs> I'm some, from Somalia sometimes, but yes. I prefer Wine Slinger. You take a look at my name tag there. Coming originally from the West Coast, it just seemed natural, if you would. So I'm the Wine Slinger. So tell me how you got interested in wines. I love the stories behind the label. Uh, after university in Oregon State, I ended up living and working on a vineyard. And uh, at one point, my landlord said, would you like to take a walk out into the field? And I said, sure. 
handed me some clippers and he said, okay, start doing it. And, uh, and I started working it out as a farm and drinking just nothing but Riesling and learning about all the people that are involved and the history involved and I kind of became a geek at it. And I started volunteering at local wine festivals mostly so I could drink for free. <laughs> As you do. Uh, and then found out that there was a little bit more behind there. And about 15 years ago, my husband and I took the leap from Telluride, Colorado, here to the East Coast. And long story short, uh, I was in charge of a cellar that had over 9,000 bottles in it uh, and became the largest wine buyer for that resort in the state of Pennsylvania. What was the resort at the time? Uh, Skytop Lodge. Uh, so when... Uh, when bin number 128 was out, I needed to know what it was, where it came from, what the flavor profiles were, and uh, what I could recommend instead. So Skytop put me through the first year at the Quartermaster Sommeliers, and, uh, and then I went on from there through the WSET, which is the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. And to be honest, I got greedy. I wanted the letters after my name. And you find out the more you know, the more you really don't know. So what are those letters? Uh, it is the DWS, so a Diploma in Wine and Spirit, as well as being a Certified Specialist in Wine, so CSW. Yes. Fabulous. So when you're not working, what do you like to drink? <laughs> Beer. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually a part of a family of five generations from brewing out in the United Kingdom, and uh, found this family, or the rest of my family, about 20 years ago, and discovered that I really do enjoy beer, and I'm very proud to be part of that family if it's just distance. But yeah, Thiexton Brewery, but it's Black Sheep Brewery out of Massam. Yeah. So do you get to go to the UK? Uh, at least once a year, yes. Absolutely. In fact, that's where I did my schooling at the WSET in London. And I, so I got to live there and work there and go to school there uh, three, about three years and stayed with family. So it was pretty fantastic. Lots of research and development. How old were you when you had your first taste of wine? Oh, I was 21, of course. <laughs> Come on, you could tell me. I was probably 19. Yeah, 19. And uh, like I said, drank Riesling. Uh, so Riesling is a noble variety and can be fermented dry, trocken, or very, very sweet. It is uh, pretty food friendly and goes with just about anything. It's quite delightful, but most of it was off dry, meaning there's still a little bit of sugar in there, uh, but just light, crisp, and clean. Yep. And to be honest, at 19, uh, it was cheap. <laughs> Uh, and living in Oregon, live, drinking the local wine, that was uh, the way that it was supposed to be. So, yeah, it was good. So what was most surprising to you learning about wines? Uh, how The history, I guess, and what it all comes down into the bottle. And, and really, once again, you don't know much of anything. It's, uh, it's people's lives. It's, it's the passion. It's... Uh, it's quite delightful, it's complex, it's simple, and it stays in your memory forever. And that, uh, the story behind the label is what I'm constantly looking for. So that's kind of surprising. And, you know, the odd people where people will say, oh, I don't like Chardonnay. And then you'll taste them on a piece of chocolate or you'll taste them on a piece of uh, cheese and the whole flavor changes and their faces light up and I get a kick out of that, yeah. 
That's what I was going to ask you about your motto that you shared with us this afternoon. Mine, chocolate, wine. <laughs> and that you have to actually eat food with wine. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, uh, anywhere else in the world, if you have a plate of food, that rim of the plate acts as a picture frame, if you will, and the food is all in the middle. The French do that on purpose, so you can take a little tiny bite of all the components and then wash it down with the wine, because the wine is part of the meal anywhere else in the world. How can Americans get a little bit more savvy when it comes to wine drinking? Uh, open up your imagination, I guess. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid to experiment, really. Uh, what's the worst thing that can happen? You end up cooking with it. Travel. Uh, go down to your local store and maybe pick out something that you probably don't know about and see if you like it. Ask questions. Uh, any of that. That's the best thing. Farmers markets. That's another good one. Well, speaking of food and wine, how do you decide a pairing? Like, what jumps at you to decide what food goes with what wine best? Well, first of all, when it comes to rules, there are no rules. There are some pretty good, good suggestions and sure some ultimate pairings. Uh, but I look at the body of not only food and, and wine together, and when I talk about body of wine and food, is that salmon being grilled with mango salsa, or is that salmon have a little barbecue sauce? You know, so you're going to take that a little bit. Uh, so what would go with salmon and salsa? Well, Pinot Noir, by all means. <laughs> to be honest, the, in my opinion, the two greatest wines to serve with any food are Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc, just because... You know, and Sauvignon Blanc from around the world, not necessarily New Zealand, but maybe California or, or out of the Loire Valley, uh, Northern Italy, just amazing Sauvignon coming from uh, Northern Italy. That nice mouth-watering acidity with, I don't know, fish tacos. <laughs> uh, Pinot Noir, anything from portobello mushroom to salmon to lamb stew, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and it just, it's, it's a lovely, lovely pairing. Not to say that, you know, red Zinfandel and boars and cheese doesn't <laughs> tickle my fancy as well. But yeah, you know, it just experiment. So now when you go shopping for wines for the lodge at Woodlock, what are you looking for? Uh, sustainability. I'm looking for things that are a little bit different. Uh, I'm looking for maybe a few things that you never you wouldn't normally see uh, on an on a wine list sure you can find all the major brands here and there but uh, if you take a look at the list you'll notice that there are some uh, wines there that you know a Gruner Veltlinger from Pennsylvania or perhaps a Bella Vista French uh, French Accorta as opposed to just a Prosecco uh, a lot of blends and any time that I meet a winemaker and I establish a relationship with him or her, he or she, <laughs> uh, I tend to want take ownership and, and bring, bring their wines onto the, onto the list as well. So aside from California Chardonnay, has there ever been another wine that you haven't liked that you've tried or met? Can I say White Zinfandel? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I'm an equal opportunity and viber, and that goes once again for beer and spirits as well, uh, as long as it's balanced uh, and it goes with food. Because to be honest, as long as, if it doesn't go with food, then 
I'm probably not going to have it, yeah. What's so re- rewarding to you about working here at the Lodge at Woodlock and being their sommelier? <laughs> it's the best. I'm going to be saying that from now on. Uh, it's the best job ever, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The people are amazing. They treat us very well. Look at this. This is my office. It's perfect. It really is. What's new and hot about wine? Uh, well, only in my mind, because I'm sailing in Greece in the spring, I'm all about Greece, <laughs> Greek wines right now, yeah. So I'm uh, kind of investigating that as well. And then blends. Uh, also, they're doing some amazing fizz out of the UK. Would you like to someday have your own winery, make your own beer? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> What they say in the wine business, that if you want to make a million dollars, you have to start with 10 million. So no. Uh, What I wouldn't mind doing is having a small shop uh, with the walls lined with with wine and a great big picnic table down the middle of the store. And uh, if someone came in and wanted to try something from Bulgaria or from Portugal, I could open up that bottle and sit down and have some wine and cheese and tell the story about it. Well, cheers to that. Thank you very much. Let's do lunch. Serving up conversations with chefs, winemakers, and celebrities. Wining and dining, Robin Milling delivers the dish to you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.